Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Roland Garros rolls into the semifinals with massive historic implications on the line for the men. And fresh faces looking to seize the moment on the women's side. Plus, the countdown is on as the king of clay, Rafael Nadal, is just days away from becoming the men's all-time Grand Slam singles champion. And a reversal of history for the women as a highly unlikely quartet of players remain to battle it out for the title. So what's trending and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. All right, here we go. All that and more coming up on this special edition of TC Live from Roland Garros right now. And welcome to TC Live at Roland Garros, our pregame show to get you ready for the women's semifinals. And if Paris inspires the soul, Roland Garros fuels that same spirit. Four women who have already made history now looking to leave this city a legend. For the first time in the open era, we have four women making their major semifinal debut at Roland Garros. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova taking on Tamara Zidanecek. And then Barbara Krejcikova against the Greek star Maria Sakkari. We will break it all down over the next 60 minutes. Right here, our new DraftKings Tennis Channel desk in the shadows of Court Philippe Chatrier is where we find the three of us. Steve Weissman back alongside Chanda Rubin, Paul Anico. You've been avoiding us for 12 days, I, Paul. Welcome back. I thought I really annoyed you guys. <laughs> I mean, it was like the 11-day ice out of Anacone, and then I had to bribe people to get back up in here. Amazing. We've, re- we've recovered now from right. your first foray on the right, set. Good. So now we're ready again. And now we got some good stuff to talk about. Some great. Yeah. We're down to the final four, Paul. On the men's side, we got two of the greatest of all time, plus two established young stars. On the women's side, Chanda, we got four women making their major semifinal debut in singles. What do you make of that? Uh, It's been incredible. And for a number of them, first time in the quarterfinals as well. It has been amazing. And you look at the difference in the two draws and and what we're seeing in the final four. And the guys, some of the usual suspects, right? Those we expect, Djokovic, Nadal, and then Tsitsipas and Zverev. They've been that next group of guys coming up. But at the bottom... Completely unexpected. Sakari now the highest seed in the semifinals, but Pavlia Chinkova, she's been to the quarters multiple times, finally gets her shot at this stage, and Krejcikova and Zidanecek. I mean, they, they deserve to be here. They have fought hard. They've gotten some good wins over the course of you know, almost two weeks. It's been amazing. It's, look, it has been one of those things at a tournament like this, and it brings back memories for 2004 for me when I was coaching Tim Henman. He was in the uh, uh, semifinals as well, and he played Guillermo Coria, and the other side was Nalbandian um, versus Gaudio. Four newcomers to Roland Garros semifinals. We got that today with the women. Who, who won that year? Uh, Gaudio won. Unbelievable. Saved match point in the finals yeah. against Coria. So uh, we got some exciting stuff today. Yeah, we will Come be on. breaking it down right here. Looking forward to that. So how did we get here on the women's side? Well, Barbara Krejcikova came in with a whole lot of confidence, won her lead-up event coming in. Former doubles number one, becoming a solo artist, Chanda. 
that nine-match win streak, and it was tight in the first set against the American Coco Golf. Yeah, Coco Golf was up throughout this first set, was up at 1.53, had set points, and here, a couple set points, and Krejcikova playing some of her best tennis. Great racket head and ball control at the biggest times in this match, able to spread the court there, hit confidently off the forehand, and that got her the first set. And you wondered how golf would recover after not capitalizing on five set points. The frustration clear, and we can all understand. And certainly for golf, she had to work through a few demons here. But at five love, she made a little bit of a run. Krejcikova had some pressure here, but served it out at love beautifully here in the final game. And another unforced error from golf. That was the trouble for her at the end of first set and into the second, but Krejcikova playing some great tennis when she needed it most. She saved five set points in the first set. It took her five match points to close it out. Ball on the other side, the defending champ, Iga Sviantek, had won 22 straight sets here before facing Maria Sampras. Yeah, now you look at that run and you go, one of two things, either that's great and she's never going to lose or she's due to have a day where she's a little bit off. But you have to give Sakari such great credit. Look at the emotion first set. Handled the moment so well, Steve. Was really impressed with her ability to stay offensive. I didn't want her to have to defend against Sviantek the whole time. And she was trying to dictate play. Stuck with it after the first set. And in the big moments, I was so impressed with her ability to stay clear, stay with her strategy, and just do what she does best. What a tremendous athlete she is. And her team's been telling her, just keep at it. You are going to get there. And here she is in the final four. Special moment for Sakri. 26 winners. The first serve came in strong. It was impressive stuff. She has now taken out last year's champion, last year's runner-up, and here she is in the semifinals. Impressive stuff for Sakri. We saw her warming up right over our shoulders on court three earlier today. Let's break down our first semifinal. Coming up top of the hour, Robbie Koenig, Martina Navratilova will be on the call. It's Tamara Zidancek, who grew up a snowboarder, now it's all downhill for her at Roland Garros, and she has taken on Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, who has been to the quarterfinals so many times, but never to the final four in singles or doubles. What are the keys to this match? You know, you look at Pavlyuchenkova, and she's got just a little more experience in the latter stages of tournaments. She came in here seated. Pavlyuchenkova, Zidancek, no real experience. Hadn't gotten past the second round of a major. It's been incredible, the run that she's had. You know, certainly it's going to come down to the start that both players get. We've heard about the nerves that, you know, these players have shared with us, that they felt in these big match situations, which you can understand that's going to, you know, plague everyone. It's who can deal with it best, who can get the feet going. Pavlyuchenkova is a big hitter. Zidancek used her forehand beautifully in her matches. Who can get on top of the other more often in these rallies? That's going to be the key. Pavlyuchenkova, you kind of think maybe a few more weapons but maybe not as consistent at times. Mm. So she's got to keep the consistency up. But it'll be interesting for me to see kind of who is able to dictate and control these rallies more often. I think, you know, one of the things that is going to be really interesting to me is who manages the big moments. As usual, Chan is spot on with all the strategic stuff. But with these four newcomers, right, what's going to happen for all, four or five, tie break, break points at the end of the sets? And to me, this is where the mental leads the physical and the strategic. And in both of these matches, whoever plays those moments better emotionally, in my opinion, is going to win. Remember, they have both been to semifinals on the WTA Tour overall. 
Pavlyuchenkova 20 and 7 in those matches. Zidanecek just 3 and 2. Our other semifinal coming up later today, Maria Sakri. As Chanda said, she's the top seed remaining here, but Barbara Krejcikova, well, she is in singles. She is still in doubles, Paul. How do you break down this matchup? You know, this is going to be one that I, I think Sakri feels like she has worked so hard for so long, and we've been talking about her for a while. When is she going to be in this stage of a major event? When is she going to get there? Well, she's here now, and she is a tremendous athlete. She's been managing the moments, the big moments, so well, and she's been able to kind of keep everything under wraps and still play her game. But when you get to the last four of a major it's a different mentality. You have to have a different level of trust, a different level of belief, and you have to have a different level of managing what's going on on the court that throws you adversity because there's going to be some today. And for Sakri, I think it's going to be on her racket. I mean, Krajikova's beaten her twice, once on clay, but back in 2014 in an ITF tournament, I don't really count that. The other one in Dubai this year. I think it's going to be Sakari's uh, match to win if she plays offensive and she plays offenses from offense from start to finish. Where, Chanda, can Sakari attack Krejcikova in this match? You know, I think that's going to be the key for Sakari is, you know, she plays a high-energy type of game, and she's going up against an opponent who's maybe a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum, doesn't really show a lot of emotion. And, you know, she's got to manage Sakari not overplaying, mm. but still looking and to pounce on every opportunity, you know, when she gets them, balls that are a little shorter, where she can step in the court, when she's stretched out, which she's done a beautiful job, Sakari, when she's stretched out, still being able to hit with pace and depth and control kind of the middle of the court. So she's got to look for those opportunities to spread the court on the other side, try to come in. She's an athletic mover around the court. That has served her very well up to this point. And she's going to have to bring every bit of that energy, but keep it controlled. As Paul said, I mean, the nerves, that's going to come into play for sure. Can she play through that in the big moments? And maybe a little bit of revenge factor, because the last time she lost in straight sets, it was to Krejcikova, as Paul mentioned, in Dubai. Since then, she's got at least a set off of everybody she's played. And for the Czech, huh, she can make the finals and singles and doubles become the first to do that since Lucy Safarova. Let's flip it to the fellas, Paul. And how about this? We are all set up for the 58th chapter of Nadal and Djokovic. Rafa taking on Diego Schwartzman, a rematch from last year's semifinal. Once again, the Argentine took on the role of streak slayer, but he could not overthrow the kick. I'll tell you, it's so amazing to watch Diego Schwartzman play. He's arguably the best return player uh, on tour in terms of return of serve. And we saw it yesterday. He was getting broken, but he was staying with Nadal in the rallies. And Steve, first set, just torquing forehands. Split the first two sets, got that second set, broke the streak, as you mentioned. And to the surprise of absolutely no one, Rafa Nadal didn't blink. I know that doesn't shock anyone. He just continues to amaze from this moment on the end of the third set to the end of the fourth set. There was a stage where he made 19 of 20 first serves, won 23 of 27 points. He does not give you one millimeter to breathe. And Schwartzman lost his concentration for about 45 seconds, and then that man just smothered him. He just continues to amaze. Won 30 of the last 35 points. 35th straight win here. 35th major semifinal. On the other side, Novak Djokovic, Matteo Berrettini, Chanda playing the first scheduled night session with fans. They would go past curfew 
Yeah, and Djokovic came out in this match with, I mean, no holes barred. He played such good tennis, lots of winners, very few unforced errors. The first two sets, it was all Djokovic. Berrettini didn't play badly, but in the third set, Berrettini had to step up a tremendous amount of winners. He started blasting the ball, especially off the forehand side, and needed every bit of that to take the third set in the tiebreak, use the energy of the crowd, and it was rocking. And into the fourth, they went, and Djokovic, again, just played steady, played great tennis throughout the match. Shots like that one kept him on serve there, but curfew hit. The midnight bell told it was 11. But fans had to go home, players went off court, and, you know, just kind of had a drop in the atmosphere. Maybe didn't help Berrettini as much, but it was still a tight set. Berrettini giving Djokovic all he could handle. And you could tell for Djokovic, he was trying desperately to close this thing out. There's the emotion. It was jarring <laughs> for a minute. It seemed crazy, but Djokovic finally able to get through in four sets. You see how much it meant to him, how focused he was on getting through this battle. Eyes wide, full hearts, can't lose, right? It is chapter 58 in the book of Djokovic Nadal. Paul, break it down. Can you imagine they could be 29 and 29 after the match tomorrow? It has been quite a rivalry. The good news for Novak is that he has beaten him here on clay. The bad news, it's only been once. And, and one thing that's a little bit disconcerting to me if you're a Djokovic fan is the history here in particular, that, that Rafa has been so good. And last year we all talked about the conditions really being well-suited for Novak and not so great for Rafa. And what, what was disconcerting was the first 20 minutes of the finals last year Novak threw in a million drop shots, seemed really unsettled very early on. So I just wonder, even in the mind of the great Novak Djokovic, is there a little bit of residual effect of what Rafa Nadal has done and is capable of doing on the clay? It's interesting, Chanda, because legacies are truly on the line in this match. How many times will they play each other? We don't know. But as Paul said, it could get to 29-29 head-to-head. And if Rafa ends up winning here, he gets to 21 majors overall. If Novak does, it's 19, and it's so much closer. This match could determine a lot for history. Yeah, I think there's a lot at stake, and we've touched on it a little bit throughout you know, this week and a half, but maybe not as much as it deserves. I mean, you think about how we talked about it you know, years and years ago before they got this close, and now so much on the line. And I think what we saw in Djokovic in that match, just the emotion. Scared kinda, me. It was, I mean, in a, for me. a moment it was kind of crazy, and you wondered, okay, where is that coming from? Perhaps he's already and was already thinking about that matchup, wanting desperately to get there, wanting to kind of prove to himself that he could go out there and play a better match than he did last year. Certainly a better start, and I think that's going to be key, but absolutely there's so much on the line. Rafa said, we are living the sport for these moments. So are we, Nadal. So are we. A lot more to get to here on TC Live leading up to the women's semifinals. A full doubles report as a couple Americans remain in the mix for major titles, plus a new statue on the grounds at Roland Garros, and why a loss here could make Coco Goff a future champion. Plus, news on former Wimbledon champ Simona Halep couldn't play here because of a calf injury. Find out if she'll be back for the grass. You're watching TC Live.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. It's a Wimbledon thing indeed. Grand Slam action back on the grass in London at the All England Club. Don't miss nightly primetime coverage of Wimbledon on Tennis Channel beginning Monday, June 28th. So pristine those lawns they are. All right, well, just moments ago, we had the mixed doubles final here at Roland Garros. Desiree Kravchek, Joe Salisbury taking on Alina Vesnina and Aslan Karatsev. Kravchek, Salisbury. They played as a mixed team in 2019, got to the semis in Australia earlier this year. Chanda, they took it one step further. Yeah, the first set went to Vesnina and Karatsev, who played fantastic tennis, but Kravchek and Salisbury, they did not go away. That cross there, more aggressive at the net. They made some good adjustments in that second set, and it was still pretty tight. There were a few moments where Looked like Vesnina and Karatsev were going to get the break, but Kravchek and Salisbury held firm, especially at the net, and it came down to a match tie break for the third set. And there's Salisbury again taking over the net. That was huge, especially on some return points. A few misses by Karatsev in the second and, and in that third set match tie break, and it gives Kravchek and Salisbury the win. Good feeling to win a championship, a Grand Slam mixed doubles title. All smiles for them. That's huge. Hashtag college tennis. Forks up for Desi, Arizona State star. Now a major champion, Paul. That's big. Yeah, major champion in any regard is awesome. I mean, I, I, I had to get the great Martina Navratilova to play with me, and she was so good, but not good enough to carry me to a title. <laughs> but we got to the semis. That was good. That was good. It's, it's so great to play matches like this. Look, for every player... It's a dream to play in an arena like this where you can hold the trophy of one of the four majors. So it was just a great match today. Really interesting what happened towards the end of the second set. I thought Salisbury did a great job, really intimidating by moving a lot at the net. He's really athletic, so it was a lot of fun. Great to be alongside a couple of Grand Slam doubles champions here. Salisbury, by the way, first Brit to win here in like 40 years. In men's doubles, Pablo Andahar, Pedro Martinez. Andahar, Paul, took out Dominic Team in the first round. Martinez beat Seb Korda. But they would go up against the Kazakhs, Alexander Bublik and Andre Golubev. This was a good match. Yeah, and Andahar and Martinez were alternates, and that's how they got in. So this was a great uh, effort. How about that little shot there? I didn't see all of the match. I'm just wondering if we have an over-under of how many underhand serves Bublik went for in doubles. Anyway, he did a really nice job after losing the first set uh, 6-1. These guys went nowhere, played some very strange strategic doubles. And you can see one up, one back, some crossing. We saw a lot of very creative shots. And much of that is because of Mr. Bublik, as we know. It's never a dull moment with him out there. He says he loves to have fun when he plays. If he doesn't have fun, why is he out there? And that fist pump tells you... That is some fun. All the way to match point right here, crossing, putting the ball away, and some dynamic stuff. Another great win, and off these guys go to the final. And now Alexander Bublik just one win away from becoming a Grand Slam champion. 
Nico Mahou, Pierre-Hugues Herbert, they have already done that. The Frenchmen looking to get back in the final. They're taking on the Colombians, Cabal and Farrar later today. When we come back, John Wertheim tells us about a new statue at Roland Garros, but not Rafa's. Meet the Cloud Kisser when we return to Roland Garros. Walking about Roland Garros, you can get lost in the clouds. The sky, the shade of blue you normally find on postcards. That's where one legendary pilot spent his time. In today's edition of Unstrung, John Wertheim introduces us to the namesake of this glorious sight. Arthur Ashe, Billie Jean King, Rod Laver, even Novak Djokovic. So many surpassing tennis venues are, rightly, logically, named for surpassing tennis players. Then there is the French Open. Yes, the second court is christened in honor of Suzanne Longland, arguably the sport's brightest star in the first half of the 20th century. But the complex itself is named for Roland Garros. You wonder, over the last century, in print and in pixels, how many fans have looked up his tennis accomplishments only to find none? No, Roland was an aerialist, an early pilot, one of the world's first aces. Hey, there's a tennis reference. He was the first man to fly solo across the Mediterranean. In World War I, he was among the first men ever to shoot down a rival aircraft. There's always been this bit of irony, naming this of all venues in his honor. Clay court tennis is, after all, about the ground game. It's down and dirty, grinding away on what is literally crushed earth, all at a venue named for someone who did his best work in the sky. Still, it works. Making the event synonymous with Roland Garros is a touch of French quirk and creativity. It's a nod to a national hero, and a way of saying this event transcends tennis. This year, more than 100 years after the death of Roland Garros, a new statue is unveiled on the grounds, part of the ongoing stadium refurbishment. Carolyn Brissett, a Parisian artist, sculpted this metal monument more than 20 feet high. The statue will stand on the newly created Aviator Square at Gate 1, the new public entrance to the Stade Roland Garros. The statue is called Cloud Kisser. As it happened, Brissette's grandfather had flown in the same squadron as Roland Garros. She says she tried to depict him projecting calm and humility during the stress of a difficult pursuit. Which makes you think maybe there's a firm tennis connection after all. John Wertheim reporting. Uh, first pilot to fly across the Mediterranean, flew in World War I, was considered the best pilot in the world at his time. He was the first ever fighter pilot. And his sculpture, it's pretty cool to see there uh, out front here at Roland Garros. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of interesting when you are coming here for so many years as a player and to kind of understand why the stadium, why the site, why it's named uh, for who it's named for and to kind of understand the history. And, you know, be, I was a little surprised to know that it wasn't necessarily a tennis connection, but I love some of the things that John said in that piece. It's sort of, you know, the idea of, of transcending tennis. Mm -hmm. And certainly when you think of the, the majors and Roland Garros, the French Open here in particular, 
I think it does that. I mean, it's a battle out there on the red clay. And, you know, when, when everything is turmoil inside, you try to project calm and you try to just, you know, do what you need to do, go about your business. And, and that, I think, kind of symbolizes a, you know, fighter and a pilot and, and somebody who was, you know, up in the clouds, kind of above everything, you know, trying to do a tremendous job and, and under pressure. I think it's kind of a cool correlation. It is. It's, an, it's a nice little uh, aside from us, right? We're always used to all the tennis affiliations. Arthur Ashe Stadium, as John talked about, Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, Rod Laver Arena. So when you get something like this that shows you a little bit of some national history and prestige, it's great. And also, you know, you get to see, we get to see plenty of the tennis stuff. There was another statue that was unveiled this week, right? There was. The, the, the Spanish Man of Steel, right? Some guy who, who's won here 13 times. Yeah, exactly. He, he got his own statue. <laughs> the weird thing is his leg actually feels just like that. <laughs> he's actually, he's like, did they get it right? Uh, my calves are a little larger than Let's that. Let's see. Uh, quite an honor. Well deserved. Well deserved. Uh, Roland Garros, by the way, was shot down, escaped capture, and then went back into war yet again. I mean, this guy was absolutely incredible. And the fact that the sculptor, grandfather, flew in the same squadron as Roland Garros. Well, a reminder, the theallnewtennis.com, more than just a website, it is your home for the entire sport. Right now, you can find Steve Tigner's column on Nadal Djokovic 58+, plus Betting Central with Kale Hammond's pick for today's women's semifinal. Log on, tennis.com, or download the new tennis app on all your favorite devices. We'll get right back to Roland Garros and TC Live after this. Oh, there we're going loco for Coco here at Roland Garros. Coco Goff, the 17-year-old sensation, made her first major quarterfinal. She's had a new career-high ranking. She locked up a spot on the U.S. Olympic team. However, she was not able to get past Barbara Krejcikova yesterday. However, with Coco Golf, every loss is a new lesson. I mean, I'm obviously disappointed that I wasn't able to close out the first set. But to be honest, it's in the past. It already happened. And after the match, um, one of my um, Enzo, my hitting partner, told me that this match will probably make me a champion in the future, so I really do believe that. I kind of always had, you know, that thing I, I never want to give up. Um, you know, today I just really, I really did fight to the last point, and, um, you know, I'm proud that I didn't give up because I could have easily gave up at 5-0 or 5-1. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to, these, you know, losing these matches I think are going to pay off in the future, and I think um, if I continue fighting like this, other players will, Maybe if they do have the lead, start to get nervous because they know that I'm not going to give in. Listen to those last words. Back on our DraftKings Tennis Channel desk, we are leading up to the top of the hour. The women's semifinals right here. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova taking on Tamara Zidanechek. But Chanda, you listen to Coco Goff. I mean, it's just incredibly impressive how smart she is, how she takes a lesson with every loss. Now she's at a new career high in the live ranking. She's 21 in the world. She's sealed her spot on the Olympic team. First quarterfinal here. What's the, the biggest positive thing you take away from her run? Well, I think that last thing you said, her first major quarterfinal, that's huge. And when you kind of get over that hurdle going a little deeper into the second week, it gives you additional confidence and, and it gives a little bit of validation for the work 
and the belief that we have seen golf have in, in so many of these matches. She's already got a, tough, a couple of singles titles under her belt, and you can clearly see she wants to win these big titles. And I think for me also, you know, seeing the maturation in her game, in her approach. I remember watching her win here uh, as a junior just a few years ago and, you know, how, how mature her game seemed then for, for her age. And it's only getting better. I think, you know, you continue to work, you continue to kind of put the time in and we see golf doing that and we see her trying to work through these difficult moments. And I keep, I, I keep being reminded of the fact that you know, this is all new for her. A lot of times the opponents she's facing, she's seeing that game for the first time, trying to work through, uh, you know, what to do and how to make adjustments. And she's doing a great job at it. And I think she certainly will become a champion one day. And matches like this, as she said in that press conference, will help make her that. Still just 17 years old, Paul. Uh, what's one piece of advice you wish somebody had told you at, at 17 that could help you on the court or off the court? Well, I wish I had a uh, video recording of that press conference. I mean, to hear a 17-year-old that's that composed and that clear after getting her heart broken. I mean, this is, these are the moments she's lived for already, had five set points in that first set, wasn't able to finish. And then to hear those words come out of her mouth, the, the, mouth, the clarity and the composure about the journey she's on. You know, she understands she's frustrated. She understands maybe she could have won the first set. She takes pride in coming back from 5-0 in the second. There's three categories that make up the player, right? The head, the heart, and then the talent. Very rarely do you see a 17-year-old so high on the charts in all three of those categories. And it's really for her not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's just when it's going to happen. And it is happening quickly for her. So she needs to just keep plugging away. She's doing a great job. The head, the heart, the talent. Coco Goff has all three in spades. Chanda, same question to you. 17 years old, a piece of advice you wish maybe you would have heard at that time. You know, I probably would say, you know, it would be to not worry about how quickly I get there. You know, you're, you're bursting onto the, the scene, the tour. You're trying to make your transition. You're trying to move up the ranks as quickly as possible. And you have in your mind as a young player sort of what, what these milestones are, you know, getting into the top 100, then the top 50, then the top 20, and then top 10 and beyond. And you want to get there as quickly as possible. You want to make some noise the way you're used to doing in the juniors. And sometimes it just takes a little bit longer. You know, you've got to put a little more work in because you have players who, who have developed games, and it's not always easy to figure it out. So definitely, you know, take the time. I think golf is realizing this. We've heard her kind of talk about it uh, more, I think, over these last three or four weeks. And I believe that has been a difference in, in why she's been able to make this such a successful transition on the pro side on this red clay. It's because she is kind of being a little kinder to herself about it and giving herself a little more space. Enjoying the process. Having fun. She's 17. You got to have fun. I was just hoping I was going to graduate high school. <laughs> I was just hoping I was going to get through that stage. <laughs> you got through and, and then you went on to be, you know, the greatest ever at Tennessee oh, and, and beyond. So, Paul, you, you, well done. Thank you. <laughs> High school graduation. What do, what do you think, Paul, heading into Wimbledon, right? Uh, what are the realistic expectations for Coco there? And wh where do you think she's going to be ranked at the end of 2021? I think the sky's the limit. Look, look at what we have coming up here in just a few minutes. We have four newcomers in the, in the semifinals. Why can't that be her in a few weeks' time at Wimbledon? Absolutely can be. And, and so 
the challenge for her is to not let the possibility outweigh what may happen. And what I mean by that is just because it's possible, if it doesn't happen in two weeks or 10 minutes or two months, do not worry. As Chanda said, take one step at a time. She is getting so good so fast. But the ceiling is incredibly high. She, she could be playing in the last weekend of Wimbledon very comfortably. I would stay so far away from result-oriented goals from her this year. If I were her team, I wouldn't be talking about that. It would be just about trying to get better and give her really process-oriented goals, how well she can play big points. Not even if she's winning them. Mm. Are you playing them the right way? And that's what I would be tracking. Are you playing the right way in the big moments? And if she does... She's going to be holding up a lot of trophies. Yeah, I think that's going to be critical because as a player, you can't help but think about, okay, I want to get to the latter rounds of of a Grand Slam. I I want to get to the quarters and the semis. I want to get to a final. I want to play for a trophy. You can't help but think those things. So it's up to your team. And golf certainly has a very solid team of people around her, starting with her family, to just pull that back in a little bit. Help her focus more on the process, what she needs to do to keep improving, to keep getting better. You see her working on that in matches. Uh, I think that's going to be critical. And and certainly when you talk about, you know, ranking-wise, you can easily see her in the top 15, ending the year there. As you move up, it becomes tougher to move up. And uh, I think golf is going to face that right now. But when you consider how consistent she's starting to be with her results, that's going to be the key. And I would not be surprised at all, you know, trying to knock on the door of top 10 by the end of the year. Why not, right? Why not? Her, Her motto, dream big, aim higher. That's where she's going, Coco Golf, And where Maria Sakri going, well, the furthest she has ever progressed at a major, looking to make the final here at Roland Garros. Still to come, Chanda and Paul face off in our DraftKings Player Pools preview. Cannot wait for that. Daniela Hantakova interviews Uncle Tony, and we'll continue to get you ready for the women's semifinals at the top of the hour. You're watching TC Live at Roland Garros. Chanda, Paul, Steve, back on TC Live. Top of the hour, we got the women's semifinals tomorrow. TC Live back at it, 8 a.m. Eastern, and then the men's semifinals. Sasha Zverev, Stefano Tsitsipas looking to make their first final here at Roland Garros. And Meeting number 58 between the two legends, Novak Djokovic and Rafa Nadal. A reminder to download any of the DraftKings apps and enter their free-to-play pools every single day of the tournament. Compete for a shot at $30,000 in total prizes. Answer questions like, who will win the match or who will have the most aces? Use that code ACE when you sign up today. We're breaking down Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova and Tamara Zidanecek. Time now for our DraftKings Player Pools preview. Back on the desk with Paul and Chanda. Paul, it's your first time. Chanda, you know how we do here. First question, who takes the first set? So this is the first meeting between these two. I think Pavla Chinkova is going to take the first set. She's got just a little more experience, latter stages. She's... You know, seated coming into this tournament. She's got a big game, big weapons. I'm going to go with her in the first set. And, and Zidanecek, she's lost a few first sets here in the last week and a half. One of them, she lost six love, was able to recover. I think it's going to maybe take her a little moment to kind of get used to, you know, this, this moment for her. That's how you break it down, Paul. 
Do I even need to say anything now? <laughs> who, who I mean, that's perfect. That's who not... takes the... Are you going to be the contrarian? No, no, no. no. I, I would not ever try to contradict Chanda. That's what makes these of, segments good, we, though. We kind of yeah, got a battle here. When you're right, you're right. <laughs> I, I feel the same way against uh, for Pavlyuchenk, but I think Zidanecek is going to be a little bit more nervous. Pavlyuchenk has got the experience, hasn't been here, but she's been around longer. And, and I think that she's going to start off and uh, she's going to take that first set. All right. Zidanecek, by the way, before here, had never made it past the second round at a major. There you go. Chanda, over under nine and a half games in that first set. This is always the tricky one. I mean, it, it feels more like, you know, a little bit of luck here, but I'm going to go for under. I think it's going to be a little cleaner first set if Pavlichink, if it gets through it. Again, I just think Zidanecek may need a moment to kind of get into this match. So, Paul, over under nine and a half. So that means six three or less. Nine and a half. Or six four or above. Math is bad. Get your TI 82 out there. Do some graphs. Okay, look, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with nerves playing a role in this. I think that both players are going to be very nervous because they haven't been there. Uh, I think, as I said, Pavlyuchenko was going to win that first set, but there's going to be some bumps in the road. So I am going over. Oh. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Taking the over. All right, final question, Chanda. Who wins how many sets? <sighs> Steve, this is always tricky. You know, I, I think it's going to be Zidanecek. I think Zidanecek in three. Wow. Gonna, All right. I'm going to go out on a live here. I don't know if that's an upset or not. I mean, it's first time I think for both. It would but be an upset. A little upset? Yeah, All right. Yeah. Paul? Pavlyuchenko is going to win in two tight sets, Steve. Okay. Straight sets for Straight Pavs. Yeah. Chanda is saying young Teasy in three. <laughs> and that's how we break it down. The match is coming up at the top of the hour right here on Tennis Channel. A reminder to download any of those DraftKings apps. Use that code ACE. Sign up today. You can win up to $30,000 in prizes. Paul, well done for your first time here. I didn't my calculator. I just brought it out. You didn't even need it. Went with the over today. There you go. Well, the King of Clay, two wins from his 14th title at Roland Garros. When we come back, Daniela Hantikova sitting down with Uncle Tony Nadal to reminisce on Rafa's early days here in Paris. Thank you for your time. Thank you. When you come to Roland Garros, what is the first memory that comes to you? I remember when we arrived here, we arrived with the focus to try to win this tournament. I remember we practiced the first day, we practiced with uh, Carlos Moya on the center no court. Was that the first practice ever? Yes, I think so, because uh, it was in 2005. So uh, he was one of the favorites for uh, Rafael. For me, it was special this moment. After Rafa won for the first time, did you think he was going to be able to do it over and over and over again? No. I, I thought always that uh, since Rafael was a little boy, always uh, I thought that uh, he became a, a wonderful player, a very good player. Never I believe that he can win 13 times here. Talking about the rivalry between uh, Roger Rafa and, uh, and Novak, um, personally, do you prefer to play against, uh, against Roger or Novak? On clay, against uh, Roger. Because on clay for us was a little uh, easier to beat him. Because I knew that uh, we can play over his uh, backhand 
Now he has less problems, but before he has more problems. Against uh, Djokovic, never we know exactly the, the way. We have to move. Uh, when we open the court, he can open a little better sometimes. For our game, was more difficult. Sonny, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you, you to for you. being part of the credentials. A, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you next time. It was a pleasure to be mm -hmm. with you. And Danielle has been on site for the two weeks here doing those credentialed pieces. You can find them all over tennis.com, all of our tennis channel platforms. Interesting, Paul, to hear from uh, Tony Nadal there talking about the, the, the early days with Rafa. And as it stands now, back in the semifinals here, when he reaches this stage on this stage, 26 and 0. Yeah, I, I love listening to Tony speak and I love listening to the clarity and simplicity in his message. And the first time I met Tony and Rafa, we were walking to practice at Wimbledon 2004, and he was walking to practice with Tim Henman, who I was coaching. We walked past the Ivy on center court, and Rafa looked up, and he looked, and he looked over to Tim and, and me, who was walking next to him, and he goes, this place is absolutely amazing. It's just unbelievable to be here. And that kind of exuberance about being able to play, and that's a place he didn't play well at at the beginning, right? And to see him, after all these years, have that message that Tony had resonated with him about just the simplicity about playing and the joy of it. And he is the most, I think, most interesting guy because he's maybe the best athlete at keeping his message the same throughout his entire career. I mean, every press conference sounds exactly the same. All that matters is the next point. I try as hard as I can. I go back and I learn. Then I try as hard as I can. That's all that I do. And now he's won 7,000 Roland Garros. It's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It's really been fun to watch. I feel lucky as a sports fan to watch it. Yeah, I think, you know, you hear players kind of say some of the same things over and over again, and it sounds like, oh, they're just talking. They're, you know, on automatic. You really feel, though, with Rafa that he believes it, that that is how he approaches Every match, every practice, every opponent doesn't take anybody for granted. Has you know the same level of excitement and motivation every time he steps out of the court. How's that possible, Chan? I mean, it, it seems incredible. Like you would expect dips at some point when you have had you know so much success. But for Nadal, he just keeps finding it. It's like it's just there within him. And I think that's part of what comes across and why so many people gravitate towards him, not only as a player, but as a person as well. I'm curious, Paul, I mean, is that just Rafa? Is, was he born with it ingrained? Or is that something that, that Tony Nadal put in there? That's, that's the interview question for Daniela. And, and you wonder <laughs> about that. I, I, I actually think habits form. You know, that's why I think the first kind of few years of developing any tennis player, a young person, Everything you do as a young person creates a habit, good or bad. And I just think the foundation of what they grew together, kind of building for Rafa in terms of his character as a person and how he wants to be a professional athlete is exactly what you need to do. All that matters is the next moment and the moment that you're in. That's it. Whatever's done is done. What may happen 20... Every time we talk about how many major seasons... This isn't the time for me to think about it. When I'm done, I think about my career. So think... It's just amazing. Your story from 2004 is unbelievable to be here. Every match, whether it's first round, yeah. whether it's a final, you get the sense that Rafa truly believes it. Yep. it is unbelievable to be in this moment. Uh, the semifinals coming up tomorrow. We got TC Live, 8 a.m. Eastern. Then who's going to play one of the GOATs? Alexander Zverev or Stefano Tsitsipas? 
the 58th meeting of Djokovic, Nadal to follow, and Rafa going for the 21st Grand Slam singles title in his career. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, for the social net now, we've got a couple of tweets. It's, it's party time in Greece. Go to Mykonos, go, go to the islands, because this is the first time in major history we've got two Greek players in the Grand Slam semifinals. Chad, we've got Zeus and Athena reborn. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredible for Greece, for the country, for everyone who follows these two players, follows tennis. I mean, what... What a moment. And they're not done yet. They still have a great opportunity to get to their first, you know, their major final here. Uh, so a lot to celebrate in Greece right now. Yeah, and two of the most dynamic players in all of tennis. Both of them tremendous athletes, movers, can do everything and do it with a lot of passion. And you see the double fist pump there. You, you know where their heart is. It's on the court. So they're fun to watch. They're good friends as well. It's been incredible to watch both of their journeys now just one step away from a major final. First time ever for that country. Meantime, Simona Halep missed out on Roland Garros this year with a calf injury. Paul, she's taken a wild card into Bad Homburg, which starts June 20th. So some good news to see her potential at Wimbledon. Oh, that's great news. And the calf is always a tricky thing, tough, uh, a tough healing muscle. So that is great that she's going to be able to play. We all saw this. And I was cringing when I saw her hobble off the court like this. She is a tremendous champion. And uh, let's just uh, hope that she is healthy enough to get out there and stay out there. It's been a few weeks now, so hopefully she's good to go. And that is some great news. Yeah, this is always kind of a tough part uh, of the schedule. Tough time if you get an injury it's right before a major. You know you have to take care of it. You've got... You know, French Open here, Roland Garros, and then Wimbledon not too far behind, especially with the changes that have taken place uh, on the schedule. So hopefully she is as close to 100% healthy because she's got as great a shot at, at Wimbledon, Wimbledon champion. Yep. So it's got to be looking forward to that one. Yeah, it was a tough time for the injury to come. She's won here. She's won at the All England Club. So she doesn't want to miss these two majors in 2021. When we come back, the match is about to ensue the women's semifinals. We continue to break it down on TC Live. Back in Paris, we have reached the final four. Roland Garros 2021. Weather's been perfect for these two weeks. Like a little bit of rain, maybe one pause in the action. Other than that, absolutely glorious. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, Tamara Zidanchek coming up just moments away from the walkouts on court Philippe Chatrier, followed by Sakri and Krejcikova. You can see the big court behind us. Steve Chandapal back with you. TC Live on the desk. It's time to break it down. Final thoughts before we get inside to take a look at these matchups. And when you think about it, what, what, what's going to be the, the, the first thing that either Pavlyuchenkova or Zidanecek need to do to come out in front of this match? Yeah, who's going to handle the nerves? Mm -hmm. Who's going to handle the moment, the occasion? This is a first time for both. It means so much, and maybe especially for Pavlyuchenkova, who has been out on tour for a number of years. And, you know, this is a huge moment for her, potentially able to win her first major. But you've got to focus on this match. You cannot think ahead. You cannot think about the overall opportunity. That's going to be difficult to do. Coach Anacone, put the put the yeah. coach cap on. All right, what, what do you what do you what do you tell Nastia before this match? Well, well, for me, you know, I wish I was there as a player. I haven't done that before, but I I know the semifinal feelings as a coach and what I've done, particularly 
with a, with a new player that's been there. So to me, I would have spent yesterday and last night going through the strategy, just make sure it's really simple and understood. And today would have been all about managing nerves. Just tell the player what to expect. Everyone's going to be nervous, just so you know that. So if things go a little bit askew at the beginning, it's not a big deal. Go to big targets, stay with your pattern, deep breaths, slow the rhythm down, and just be clear about what's happening. And don't worry, because there's going to be fluctuations. I can promise you there'll be fluctuations. And that would be my coach's talk, Steve. That's it right there. I'm amped. I, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm feeling cool, That's calm, right. collected right now. <laughs> Maria Sakri, she is coming up in the second match, taking on Barbara Krejcikova. But first, we take you behind the curtain in the bowels of court Philippe Chatrier. Players walking up the stairs. Final thoughts before the biggest singles match of their lives. Krejcikova, she's been a world doubles number one. She knows what's going on there. Pavly Achenkova, she has won titles. Merci d'être avec nous sur le cours Philippe Chatrier, match content pour les deux finales du tournoi. Never been in this place before. Roland Garros 2021. La première joueuse à entrer sur le cours est 85e mondial aujourd'hui. Elle est slovène. Voici Tamara Zidancek. Going to break into the top 50 for the first time. But her goal right now, raise the trophy at the end of the two weeks. Tamara Zidanecek with a nice crowd here on Philippe Chatrier, her Elle first semifinal. A celle qui aujourd'hui est classée à la 32e place mondiale, elle aussi pour la première fois en demi-finale à Roland-Garros, Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, Russie. And Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, former junior champ at three events. Looking to do it on the big stage. Who will take the first step toward a Roland Garros title? Robbie Koenig and the Hall of Famer, Martina Navratilova. Have the call after this. Thanks for joining us on TC Live.